Happy Mother's Day to all of you who are mothers, to all of you who have mothers, to all who miss their mothers, and to all who take the place of mothers. There's no other job in the world so important. Many of you have commented on the blessing by William Sloan Coffin we have been using at the end of the service this Easter season. Several have asked for copies of it or said they were going to keep the bulletin with it inside. And some of you may have noticed the effects it has on me from time to time as I say it. There is something incredibly powerful about the words of that blessing, often enough to bring me to tears. May God take your minds and think through them. May God take your lips and speak through them. May God take your hearts and set them on fire. The words are full of hope and action. Things for which William Sloan Coffin himself was well known. He was a 20th century clergyman and activist, ordained in the Presbyterian Church and also affiliated with the United Church of Christ. Coffin, in his younger days, worked at the CIA. He also served as chaplain at Yale University. He was active in the civil rights and peace movements of the 1960s and 1970s, and he was also an ardent supporter of gay rights. Today's scripture readings could have inspired Coffin to write his beautiful blessing. In John's gospel, Jesus is nearing the end of his earthly journey with the disciples. And as any good teacher, he's trying to reinforce the most important parts of his ministry and teaching before he leaves them. Love one another as I have loved you. I have made known to you everything from my Father. I chose you. Abide in my love. Then he gives them their marching orders. Go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that you may love one another. In effect, he's saying, take what you have learned and let God work through you in the power of the Spirit. In the passage from Acts, our beloved Peter has been talking to the people and talking to the people and talking to the people. He's still talking when the Holy Spirit, unable to wait any longer, seems to say, hush up, Peter, I've got this. And the Spirit falls on them all in a torrent of love. Jews and Gentiles alike, no one is left out. Astounded by the universality of the Spirit's blessing, Peter says, Hmm, who are we to deny baptism to these who now receive the Holy Spirit? For once in his life, Peter has the sense to get out of the way and let the Spirit do its work. Sometimes we get so caught up in trying to get our point across about what the Spirit has done in our lives that we forget to let the Spirit work through us to impact someone else's life. You remember the fruits of the Spirit, right? 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fruit Jesus wants us to bear. And we can bear this fruit because we have been given these things as gifts from God. In all our humanness, our selfishness, our brokenness, God loves us. God is patient with us. God is generous to us. God is faithful to us. And maybe most importantly, God uses self-control with us. God doesn't sweep us into oblivion when we mess up. God doesn't turn from us when we drift away. God doesn't say, three strikes, you're out, ever. And our task as followers of God in Christ is simply to pay those gifts forward. And these gifts aren't costly. We can give them in the simplest of ways. Speak peace to those with whom we come in contact. To be patient with the shortcomings of our families, friends, and neighbors. To be gentle in our dealings with everyone. And to never be afraid to love as God loves us. Oh, it's easy to say these things. It's quite another to actually do them. After all, we are not Jesus Christ, much as we might sometimes think otherwise. But we can be bolstered by the knowledge that Jesus sets our direction, the way we should orient our lives. Love one another as I have loved you. We are challenged by our baptismal covenant to grow into the full stature of Christ toward more perfect love. As humans, by ourselves, we'll never fully make it, but it is our hope. And we have some tools to use. Jesus promised us that the Holy Spirit would abide with us. And we're not left to try to do this work alone. Also, we have each other here, the church. We have this bunch of seekers, believers, disciples who are stumbling along with us to try to figure out what it means to love others as Jesus loved us. We celebrate together when we get it right, and we can hold each other up when we get it wrong. And I think that's part of what brings me to tears when I offer Coffin, Coffin's blessing at the end of the service. My mother always says that when she's brought to tears in church, it's the Holy Spirit working on her. I tend to agree. It's the idea that God thinks to use me, you, us, to do God's work in the world. Love one another as I have loved you. That same love that fell on Peter and the disciples and all those Gentiles, all who heard the word, abides in our hearts too. If 
by the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us, God uses our minds, our lips, and our hearts to push back on hatred and fear and cruelty. By the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us, God uses our minds and our lips and our hearts to overcome the darkness of this world with the light of love. Maybe that's what William Sloan Coffin was trying to inspire with his words. May God take your minds and think through them. May God take your lips and speak through them. And may God take your hearts and set them on fire. In other words, hush up, get out of the way, and let the Spirit do its work. Amen.